Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all things safety management. Well, safety too. A little bit of organizational behavior, all kinds of stuff, actually. Anything that can maybe help us understand or do our jobs just a little bit better. I just got back from the HIA Heli Expo in Atlanta, and it was wonderful. It was packed. For our fixed-wing friends who said, I would never go to something like that, well, you know what? Maybe I ought to consider because they face the same things we do. And I shouldn't say they and we, and admittedly, I've never been a rotary wing pilot. I've ridden in a few. I don't know if that qualifies me. But the rotary industry faces a lot of the same things we do, and actually to a lot of extent, in more extreme ways. There is a lot of good information that met a lot of wonderful people that uh, are passionate about safety and are out there doing that the best they can. It was huge too. I definitely got my steps in. I think I, I nailed over 10,000 three days. It was, it was really, it was a lot of exercise. It was extremely informative. Met a lot of fantastic people, like connected with a lot of people, uh, connected with a lot of Baldwin's clients, which was always a lot of fun to hear their feedback. I had the honor or the privilege to present twice there at HAI. One of them was a shorty on the upcoming NPRM because you know how much I love to talk about that and what it means and what it meant to part 135 and 91147 clients. Then also the second one was one that I've done before. It's on safety leadership, engagement, and safety culture. And in this presentation, I kind of break down, okay, this is what safety culture is. It's a trait of organizational culture, and it's part of the equation of safety performance. So if you look at safety performance as safety culture times SMS, the safety culture aspect is important because that's the environment in which the safety management system lives and breathes. And if the environment is toxic, obviously the safety management system will die. But the other variable, safety management system, I go in to say, well, the SMS itself is just a system. It's just, it's lifeless, right? Without the people, it's lifeless. It's just, you know, a bunch of interdependent processes and procedures working together with the aim of reducing risk in the organization. But without the people, it's dead. So I said, well, what it is about the people? Well, the people need to engage in the safety management system from your managers, your frontline to senior leadership. In this presentation, I really focused on the frontline because without the frontline participation, without that feedback, without those reports, without knowing what's actually happening or work as done versus work as imagined. I talked about that a few podcasts ago with procedures as far as when they're written, what the uh, perceived world versus the actual world. The engagement aspect is so important. Change the equation up a little bit. That safety performance equals engagement times safety culture. And then once we get done with safety culture, we talk a little bit about engagement. With the engagement piece, I frame it using Victor Vroom's theory. That's <laughs> such a cool name. Victor Vroom. I wonder if people call them V squared. In Victor Vroom's theory, he basically says that engagement is the product of the idea that people can do it. They have the ability to do it. Then also the other variable is that they know they're making a difference. And then the third variable, which is important, is called valence. It's the idea that the difference they're making is actually important to them. But let's break it down. So the first thing is when we have a report 
can the person report? Are they able to? Is it you know is it easy to use system? Is it easily accessible? Is it transparent? Is it something that people can engage with that they feel confident that they can do? That's the first thing. The second thing is okay. Do they know they're making a difference? So is there feedback? Is there feedback on the report? Are the reports being acknowledged? If they do make a change, is that change celebrated or is it made known and made important? And then the third thing is that change they're making. Is it important to them in terms of improving? safety within the organization? Is that something that's important to the front line for the organization? If it is, if it's something that's intrinsically important to where they will go above and beyond, then we call them safety citizens. The presentation then goes on to say, okay, well, how do we build these safety citizens? Because that's such an important aspect. The other two variables are important, but this idea of valence, the idea that the difference they're making is important to them is critical. And so how do we make safety citizens? And that's where I go into uh, the research that I have performed when we look at leadership's impact on safety citizenship. And that's kind of where I'm going to land just briefly now is the importance of leadership. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, I think, in in these podcasts. Um, But sometimes I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm hitting the mark. Leadership to me, when I talk to people about it, it seems like one of these really far off extraneous points that people struggle to see how that fits into safety management. Because when we look into safety management, you know, we're so worried about nitty gritty processes as far as, okay, well, how do I risk assess? And then, you know, let's go through the hierarchy of controls for mitigation and blah, blah, blah. And what's my audit schedule and this and that. We sometimes forget that all of that would not be doable without the presence of leadership. So leadership kind of gets broad brushed or kind of gets swept to the side. And to be honest with you, I, I get a little discouraged when I read ICAO Annex 19 when it talks about management commitment and it frames everything in management because management is so much different than leadership. You can have strong management but poor leadership. When that happens, generally speaking, kind of more of an authoritarian, you're not inspiring but you're more directing. That's kind of a a place I don't think we want to be in terms of safety. And certainly when it comes to building safety citizens, managing doesn't work. You have to lead them. You have to inspire them, influence them. And that's what leadership's about, right? It's about influence. It's about influence, about inspiration. It's not about managing per se. We forget that the importance of this in safety management all too often. Like I said, the IKO framework doesn't even really talk about leadership. It talks about management. Now, if that's what they meant, well, then that's what we need to write. We need to write leadership rather than management. Getting into leadership. In the research that I performed, I found that a certain style of leadership was impactful when it comes to safety citizenship. So there was a close relationship. And to be 100% technical is mediated through organizational commitment. But I don't I don't think we need to get into that right now. But the fact that this leadership style, and it was servant leadership, was impacting on safety citizenship is important because it shows the influence that leadership has. And in this research, the more that servant leadership was sensed by the individuals, the more likely they viewed themselves as a safety citizen, that they wanted to go above and beyond to improve the safety within the organization. So it was an association that I found uh, rather than, we can't say it's causal, but we can say there is a strong relationship between those two. So what does this mean to us? It means to us that we need to take leadership seriously. I truly believe we need to invest in leadership training. But if you want to irritate me, you could say that leadership is something you're born with. That goes back to the great man theory. Research has shown time and time again, and I also believe that it's not necessarily true. 
leadership can be learned, leadership can be taught. I think organizations, we would do well as part of safety management training to also train in safety leadership. So let me go back to the fact that leadership is not positional, it's influence. So we say that you and me as safety managers, as it were, director of safety or whatever, whatever title we go by, we have the ability to still lead. We have the ability to influence. We have the ability to inspire. So whether that be horizontally, whether that be vertically, whether it be up, we have that ability to do so. I think if we could all have that part of our training, that would go a long way. Now, when ICAO talks about leadership commitment or management commitment in this case, they are obviously talking about the positional leadership in the company. And so we have us who want to be safety leaders, and we can, we can still inspire and we can still help through a values-based leadership style, kind of like uh, servant leadership, but we still can inspire individuals to want to participate in the safety management system, even from our position, especially if we lead from that why. We also have to be able to get to our positional leaders and help them understand the importance of their leadership or lack of in the influence on the safety citizenship and the safety culture of the organization. So leadership has impacts on both. It has impacts on obviously the culture of the organization. And when I say impact, that is almost a gross understatement. The impact of the culture on the organization as well as the safety citizenship behavior of the organization. So we probably would do well if we can to also as part of the AE training, talk about that impact on leadership. I'm going to say this carefully. A person in that position, like in the AE position, should have an idea of leadership or should have an idea of what leadership is. Obviously, there are some that don't. Um, I've worked for some that don't, but they should have an idea of leadership. So teaching them leadership, like the different approaches to leadership, may be, in their position, not beneficial at that point. And I say at that point, because I want to be careful, because like I said, there, there may be a time and place. They should be made aware that their leadership style, their approach to leadership, how they deal with leadership, and whether they are present or non-present, how that makes a huge impact on safety. And that's kind of the message that we we're trying to say in the presentation. So in the presentation, like I said, we go into servant leadership and we also talk a little bit about transformational leadership. These are approaches to leadership, right? These are how we can execute upon leadership. There are so many theories of leadership and really good ones too. The ones that, that I tend to gravitate towards are like the values-based leadership styles, such as servant leadership, transformational leadership, uh, spiritual leadership is another one of them. The point is, is that when we wrap it up, we talk about just the fact that leadership is present and sensed. Because a lot of times, if leadership's not there, and we do see this in organizations, if leadership is absent, we get into what uh, Terry Yeomans, wonderful, smart individual, he's the director of ISBA, but he called it a swamp culture. And that's safety without management practices. And, and the swamp culture is just everything you can possibly think of going awry. It's almost like a dystopian organization. The fact that you are leading, you are deliberately leading, is key. The style that you're leading is, I think, the cherry on top. The values-based leadership style does really well because it puts the motivation, when, when you have the values base, when you focus on the individual, uh, what we found is that it puts the motivation inside, it's intrinsic, versus when you have like a transactional leadership style, it's still, it's, you're still present, but it's more of, you know, you do this, 
for the organization and the organization will do this for you. It comes to like gift cards for reporting or some kind of material incentive for participating in the safety management system, that becomes transactional. The motivation is extrinsic, so it's outside. The, the problem with outside or extrinsic motivation is that it's not necessarily sustainable the whole time. You know, I mean, gift cards can go away, incentives can dry up, change in leadership. But if you can, if, if you can get people through leadership motivated intrinsically, that they have this internal motivation, then that is where we want to be. And that's where some of those leadership styles do come into play versus just being present. Being able to give this presentation at HAI was a huge honor. The fact that I could present some of my research to the crowd, it's really nice as well for some of that work I did. And it was exciting really to share it with them. Anybody that was sitting there, if you happen to be listening to this, thank you for being there. Getting back to the main point, leadership is key. And and it's sad that it's not covered, it's not emphasized as strongly as some of the other attributes of safety management. Now, you, you do see out there, and, and we do it as well uh, here at Baldwin, there, there are safety leadership classes, and which is important, but it's more the exception rather than the norm right now. And I think once the industry sees the impact of leadership on safety performance in general, we'll see more focus being put into this area. It really shouldn't be a surprise because when you look at just the business world in general, when an organization does well or when it doesn't do well, it's usually the CEO that is called out. I think that shows the importance of leadership within an organization as far as the organizational performance. Well, I guess I could go on a lot longer about this, but I probably shouldn't because we could be here for a while. And I like to keep these somewhat short just to hopefully keep you engaged. If you were at HAI and we had a chance to say hi, thank you for coming over and saying hi. It's always good to see everybody. It's great to connect with other safety managers and, and hear uh, what they're doing in their organizations to make a difference, to improve safety within the industry. Thank you all for what you do. If you have any feedback at all, we'd love to hear it. Uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, let us know how we're doing. Uh, let us know how we're serving you. Um, our goal is to serve you so that we become better safety managers. Let us know. Let us know how we're doing. You know, don't give us a five just because we're asking for a five. Let us know. Uh, be honest. We'd love to. We always want to improve. And until the next podcast, thank you all so much again for what you're doing and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.